0: She said, something wrong with your glasses? You kept changing, adjusting your glasses all the time. So, things change, don't they? It is, uh, it's great to see you. Uh, this is kind of the restart. This is, this is exciting. Uh, just, we knew at some point life would begin to, make its way back to to some semblance of normal and and we're and we're moving in that direction and it, I'm so grateful of how God has watched over us and protected us and particularly our church how God has blessed our church through this but I'm also grateful that he's kind of moving us into kind of a, a more normal life and uh, I told somebody I, I got my second shot about three or four weeks ago, so I don't know if that means anything except my arm's been sore twice in the last thirty days. But uh, but we're we're headed in that direction. So and thank you all for being here as we kinda restart this. And I, I want to say thank you to our to our church board, to our church staff. Uh, these are exciting days, you know. I'm, I've been in some church well, I take that back. I just started to have a big fib. I was uh, started to say, I've been in some churches when they were without pastors. That's not true. I was the pastor. <laughs> if they didn't have a pastor, it's because I wasn't there. Uh, but uh, but I've heard of churches that, you know, go through this, this really rough decline time. And we're just, we're, we're moving forward and we're progressing and good things are happening and new things are happening. And I'm I'm so grateful for the leadership that God that God knew he prepared us well in advance with the right board with the right staff and and uh, so these are great exciting days but having said that don't stop praying uh, we, we pray for each other and pray for our leaders and and uh, so we're, we're doing good all right now what do you want to do uh, I, uh, I I this is this is uh, Dave McCann asked me if I would uh, Uh, speak a couple of Wednesday nights as to kind of as we kick this back off and get, get going again. And so the fun thing about that is that you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. So, so here's what jumped into my mind. We're, we're a few weeks away from Easter. We're in that, uh, Lenten period. Uh, and and I'm having a great time. Some of y'all are celebrating that with me and I, I'm having a great time in this Lent. But, but one of the things that's in this period of time is that that upper room discourse period of time, and so John seventeen. I I want to spend the next two weeks on John seventeen. I do a men's Bible study on Thursday mornings. Uh, we met for fifteen years. Some some of the guys have been in the group for ten or twelve years at least. And one year we did John chapter eight. One whole year on John chapter eight. Wow, that was that was fun and powerful and just really digging in. So we're not, it's not quite that bad, but we're going to do two weeks on, on John chapter 17. Um, let me just ask a couple of people to help me. If you have your Bibles, um, I'll just give you three or four here real quick. Uh, John 14 verse six. Would you just, somebody just turn there and just put your finger there or, or pastor Bryce, just turn on your phone and then put your finger right there. So, you know, so you're not at that spot. Um, uh, John 14, 6, uh, 2 Corinthians three eighteen, John 1, 1 through 3, just just anybody pick one of those in a little while, I'll, I'll call on you. If we don't have it, uh, we'll, we'll find it. John nineteen 30, um, let's see, that's probably about all. Yeah, I think that'll do. All right, John chapter 17. Christ was most powerful when he prayed. I... I I can imagine what it must have been like to hear him preach. Pastor Bryce is a good preacher, but I, it, to hear Jesus preach, man, that was something. Or to, to be there when he did miracles. Can you imagine standing there watching a few loaves and a couple of pieces of fish just start spreading out like we do the candlelight thing on, on Christmas Eve, it starts spreading out. Can you imagine that? But I believe he was never more powerful than when he prayed. In In those moments when he prayed. And have you ever asked yourself, why did he pray? I mean, was was he just talking to himself? You know, I, he is God. He's saying, hey, God, I need you to help me. I know. You're, you are, Okay, I know. And he's just having this kind of schizophrenic moment where he's going back and forth. I, you know, why why did he pray? Here's what I believe. He already knew what he wanted. He already knew what he needed. He already knew what he was going to do. I think prayer was that moment when when the earthly bodily Jesus... Was centered back into the triune Godhead, and for just a moment, he was he. They were back in in one in one. I I, I I don't I don't know all that I believe about that. I know they were always one, but there was something about that moment of prayer when the boys were little. Uh, they knew that if Doris and I were divided, they had a better shot against us. Uh, we weren't weaker, but we weren't as strong because we weren't together. So, so Josh would go to his mother and say, can I spend the night at John Mowdy's house? And his mother would say, ask your dad. He'd come to me and said, mom says it's okay if I spend the night at John Mowdy's house. Is that okay with you? So divided, we, were, we just weren't the same as when we were together in one place at one time. And in the same way, in those moments that Jesus prayed, I think something in in the heavenlies happened, and the triune Godhead recentered and refocused. For and that's the reason that He prayed. That's the whole reason. In fact, sometimes He would pray and say, "Hey, I don't need to pray this. I'm 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 doing this for their sake. I I don't need to pray this, but I'm recentering. I'm coming." So He's never more powerful than He than when He prayed. John seventeen is. It is the Lord's Prayer. I don't care what it says in the back of your hymnal. It is the Lord's Prayer. In fact, this is one place where the Catholics really get it right. You know what they call that Matthew passage? They call it the Our Father. Uh, we're going to pray the Our Father. And that's really what it is because the, the, the Our Father was an outline. It was an illustration of Jesus saying pray like this. But the Lord's Prayer was the prayer he prayed in John 17. When he is he, he's, he's close to the end of, of the time, he knows what's coming up. And, and if, he, if he was powerful when he prayed, he was never more powerful than in this moment when he genuinely, with, with all of his being, focused the earthly Jesus, the heavenly Father, the divine Holy Spirit, all focused together in this moment of, of prayer it comes in the middle i used this word a little while ago it comes in the middle of uh, of what we call the upper room discourse uh, he he in john chapter 13 he's gone to the upper room he's washed the disciples feet he, he's had the the last supper he's, he's Reimagined uh, Passover with them. It used to mean this. From now, it's going to mean this. This is my body, and this is my blood. And then he begins to talk to them in the last half of John 13, John 14, John 15, concluding with John. Si- oh, 16. I left out 16. That's 16. Concluding with John 17, and then a little bit, in the very just a couple of verses in John 18. That's the upper room discourse. This is the the last will and testament. The the last words of Jesus, and again, if 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 he was ever going to say anything important, I think it would be at this moment. Um, so we're just going to kind of do a little Bible study on John chapter seventeen. What I hope to do is make it through about verse not to make it to about verse seventeen. We won't make it through it, but but hop down to and, and end with about verse seventeen. But we'll really spend most of our time on the first five or six verses of, of uh, John 17. End with that, and then next week we'll pick back up what we left out and go and, and finish to the end. Is that okay? I have no idea what I'd do if you said, no, it's not okay. I just I said, well, I don't know. It's, uh, so let me give you just a very quick outline. I'm going to try this, and hopefully you can see, and if it, it gives me something to do anyway. So here's, here's the outline. Verses 1 through 5. It's the cosmic Christ. These are my words, but it seems to work for me. The cosmic Christ. This is Jesus praying for himself. Verses 1 through 5, he's praying for himself. And he is, before time began, after time ends, he is eternal one with the Father, the cosmic Christ, in those five verses. Verses 6 through 19... He is the justified Jesus. This is, uh, this is Jesus praying for his disciples. And he's and he's saying, I, I, look, I've done what you asked me to do. Here's what here's what I, I, I did the work, here's what's happened, here's who they are, kind of justifying, not having to justify the Father, but kind of saying this was my job, this is what I did, it, 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 the the, the justified Jesus. And then the rest of the chapter, this is the exciting part for us, verses 20 through 26, he is the righteous redeemer. Anybody have any idea how you spell righteous? R-E-R-E-R-O-U-S, righteous redeemer. When you don't know how to spell something you scribble it really bad so nobody knows if you got that right or not the, the righteous redeemer that, that's where we are invited in that's that's Jesus praying for us and and saying because we're going to introduce that by verse 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth because of the righteousness of his truth we are redeemed into this and so the whole deal. I mean, I love, I love Pentecost. I love, uh, but but we were invited in in the last part of John seventeen. Now, this is exciting. I mean, it, we've gone all the way through Jesus saying, uh, "Hey, don't tell the Gentiles I just came for the Jews." And then in the last part of this prayer, he said, "Hey, this is for Chuck. You know, this is for Eileen. I, I'm inviting them into into this deal." So this it's it is a Pivotal point in Scripture. Maybe if there is a, if there is a Mount Everest, if there is a peak where where we enter in, it's John Seventeen. This is an important important chapter, and it and it's kind of one of my favorites. So let's kind of let's let's dig into it just a little bit. John Seventeen, uh, beginning at verse one. If you have your Bibles. One thing I love about Pastor Ed is he would say it three times. John 17, chapter 1, verse 1. John 17, verse 1. John 17, verse 1. When when we first came here, we've been coming here so long. When we first came here, he would do that. And I said, why does he do that? I, I, I got that. Now I'm so much older. By the third time, he said, I said, what did he say? I forgot. What was, that, what was that scripture he said? John 17, verse 1. Didn't Pastor Ishmael do a great job Sunday? I told Pastor John... I was, we were at, uh, well, I was doing something at, at Cornerstone in in Nashville. But I was, in between services, I was sitting in the foyer of their, of the Cornerstone church, watching Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Ishmael on my phone, saying, wow, yeah, amen, brother, that's right. If I could have said amen in Spanish, I'd have said it. Hey, that's, yeah, that's good, that's great. So, John 17, let's start with verse 1. After saying these things. Okay. That's as far as we got. <laughs> you got to stop there. After saying these things, after saying what things? Why wh- Why is he stopping to pray here and now after saying these things? Uh, you know, that old saying, whenever you see in Scripture the word therefore, you have to ask yourself what it's there for. And so when I see after saying these things, I go back and say, well, what, what did he say? Well, what he said is in John chapter 16, and particularly when he says, towards the end of John chapter 16, you have overcome the world. I've overcome the world on your behalf. So, this is, can I make a confession to you? I used to read John chapter 17 as this Oh, I hope we make it. You know, God, Jesus is praying for us. God, they're going to be in the world, and the devil's going to try to get them. And and I, I hope they hold on and help them be one. Of this kind of whining boy, somehow, maybe hope. No, these are marching orders. This is I, I've seen this in a whole different light. He said, "Hey, I have overcome the world." And and okay, here's what we do. Here's the plan. Here is where we're going from. This is going to be great. If I ever this is not a this not a request, Pastor Bryce, but if I ever preach again in this church, I want to tell you I am going to preach on this idea. It has gripped me this week. This, in, in, I sent a text to my kids. And in fact, let me tell you what the text said. Uh, I am not going to read the text. I am going to read the quote from the text in my a little prayer book that I use uh, all the time. Um, uh, Nikos Katsunakis Nikos wrote uh, Zorba the Greek. Uh, he also wrote The Last Temptation of Christ. Wrote, just a great Greek scholar, uh, believer, wrote some great books. Um, here's what he said. My prayer is not the whimpering of a beggar, nor a confession of love, nor is it the trivial reckoning of a small tradesman, give me and I shall give you. My prayer is the report of a soldier to his general. This is what I did today. This is how I fought to save the entire battle in my own sector. These are the obstacles I found, and this is how I plan to fight tomorrow. Wow, isn't that something? My God and I are horsemen. Galloping in the burning sun or under the drizzling rain. Pale, starving, but unsubdued, we ride and converse. Leader, I cry. He turns his face towards me and I shudder to confront his anguish. Our love for each other is rough and ready. We sit at the table. We drink the same wine in this low tavern of life. Wow. And that just, I mean, that just fires you up. Let's just get your, I sent that text to my kids and said, listen, I, for too long, I have been passive and I'm, and I'm ready to go to war. I'm, I am, I believe God has called me to battle and I'm going to war. (laughs) Jacob texts back to me, the only thing you picked up about that. Dad, I'm so excited that you're drinking wine with God. <laughs> That's all you got out of that great quote. That's the only thing that you got out of that. Good to know that you're willing to drink wine in the low tavern of life with 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 God. This is a battle cry. I have overcome the world, and now here's what we're going to do. Here's here's how we're going to live, and we're going to hopefully when we finish tonight at verse 17, we're going to see how that. How that begins to to play out, and and again, I I confess this this thought has just has gripped me this week like it hasn't for a long long time. That that this is my confession. This is not about you. This is about me. But my confession is that I pray God God bless me and ma and our two boys, us four and no more. Keep us safe, and you know hope the world doesn't go to hell in a handbasket. But take care of us. And, and God said, no, we're, we're on the offense. We don't put on armor to be defensive. God says, you know, the gates of hell, the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We, gates don't, don't go on attack. We go on attack. We're, we're, we are in a battle. We're in a war. And this prayer is God, is Jesus saying, get them ready for it. Here, here's what we're going to do. All right. I'm so fired up. I can tell y'all are just, Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so far one, two, three, four, five. We made it through five words so far. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> he says. Then the last little bit, kind of. This is just the this is the instructional part. Last little bit. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, "It's interesting. He he looked up to heaven. The Bible is full of all kinds of different ways to pray. Different different." Uh, ways uh, vocally, uh, the different ways body uh, that we do with our body, different, different praying in the spirit, praying not in the spirit. Those different ways to pray. The psalmist says, "I will lift up my eyes." The psalmist also says, "I bow my head, I raise my hands, I lay prostate, prostrate, <laughs> or prostate. Something at my age, it could be either one." Uh, uh, all of those things, just different ways. I pray out loud. I pray in the spirit. I pray in a secret place. Lots of the, the the point of this is just simply say: sometimes we get too caught up in the form of the thing, and we forget the thing. We forget that we are called to pray. I I'm doing a little uh, uh, blog every day in this in this 40 days, and one and a, and a little kind of hopefully inspirational quote. And I said today. I said prayer needs to be our last resort and our first option and everything in between. You know, we we pray. We pray. And I don't care if you're if you're bowing in your secret closet or you're driving on the highway. We pray. And he lifts up he said this is important. I want my disciples to hear this. This matters. We're we're going to war. And so he lifts up his head and he and he prays. And now we start the prayer. Uh Chapter 1, <laughs> chapter 17, verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that we may give glory back to you. This, let me show you a cool thing. Um, I know you know my, <laughs> I've been here so you know my jokes. I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. The little Greek runs a restaurant, the little Hebrew runs a clothing store. <laughs> uh, pater. Pater Hagios. Uh, some translations leave the Hagios out. Father, holy, holy Father is how, is how we would say that. Father, holy. That's the Greek Pater Hagios, not Hagendas. That's the ice cream. Hagios, Pater Hagios. Father, holy Father. He 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 says to the Father, "This is who you are. This is your character. This is this is what you are about." You are this Holy Father. And we're going to see how vitally important that is in, in just a few minutes. Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. What, what does that mean? What, what, what does it mean, the hour has come? Jesus knew who he was. In verse 1, he says, glorify your son. Uh, I, I am your son. He, he knew who he was. Jesus knew why he was. In verse 4, he says, I've completed the work you gave me to do. And Jesus knew when he was. He wasn't surprised by this. He knew what was coming up. And he's, he's constantly aware. Wouldn't you like to live in a way of being... I, I Here's what I tell people all the time. I never have problems knowing the will of God. I've never had problems knowing the will of God. I just look back at my life about two years and say, oh, yeah, that wasn't the will of God. I missed it. Yeah, or, or that is the will of God. I'm glad I took that step. Wouldn't you like to not only know why you're here and who you are, but to know when, to know God's timing? and you know now This is the time to make this move. This is when to this, Randy and I were talking before the service about some decisions he has to make. And God has just said, just trust me, and it's going to be okay. And, And just having that peace that I'm going to make the right decision for the right reason in the right way at the right time. He knew he knew where he was, he knew who he was, he knew why he was, and he knew when he was. The time has come, he says. Um, all right, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may give glory back to you. Glorify your Son so that your Son may give glory back to you. Here, here's an important statement. Everything Jesus does is from the Father. And everything Jesus does is for the Father. Glorify your Son. I, I, I have I've healed people. I have walked on water. I have fed the 5,000. I've raised Lazarus from the dead. I've done all this stuff. And any glory in that has come from you. You have given me the ability to do this. You've given me the authority to do this. We'll use the word authority in a minute. You you made it possible. It all comes from you. And I've done it all for you. Glorify me so that I might glorify you. That's not the way I live. Here's the way I live. I live. I do something. Say That was good. I did good. Man, I get I got glory for this. I get, And then I remember, oh, no, sorry, Lord. I give that to you. I give that to you. Or I, I say, God, please help me. Please help me. I, I can't do this without you. I can't do it. And then when it goes well, I say, oh, man, whew, I did it. I did it. I was so good. I did it. Yeah. I, <laughs> My uh, grandson, Jackson, is playing uh, basketball. He is terrible. He is just so bad. He is just awful. And he is convinced that he is absolutely the greatest 10-year-old basketball player in the history of all mankind. Poppy see, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know my team's going to win everything. I'm just great. I said, Jackson, you're awful. You're terrible. Oh, no. He's just all the glory. He's no glory from God. It's all the glory. But Jesus says, all the glory has come from you. And any glory that there is in this, it's, it's for you. What if we live that way? What if we live that way as a church? What if we live that way as individuals? Listen, I cannot do anything apart from what God does for me. And whatever. God gets all the glory for this. Man, some of the. You know, some of the, the and this is a Bible study. This is not preaching. You know, the, if I, but if I was preaching, I would say, you know, some of the, some of the pecking order and I'm trying to get ahead and I want to know who's in charge and I want to know who's going to do this and some of that stuff, all that stuff would disappear if we recognize that everything comes from Him and everything is for Him. Glorify me so that I might glorify you. Um, so I, I, I said about that. That's not only true for him; it's true for us today. Did I ask somebody to read this? James one seventeen. Did I? Okay. Does somebody have that? James one seventeen. Pastor Brian, is that Bryce? I mean, sorry. James one seventeen. Going once, going. You want me just to read it? No, you go ahead. All right, Pastor John. Every good thing. You know what that means in the Greek? Every good thing. It's all, any good thing that happens, it comes from, it's all from God. And and I think we pretty much get that, but we miss the, and it's all for God part. Glorify me so that I might glorify you. Uh, He says uh, in verse 2, we find... (laughs) Let's see. We're doing good. We made it to verse 2. He says in verse 2, For you have given him, talking about he's talking about himself, the Son, for you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him, and this is the way to eternal life. Verse 3, this is the way to eternal life, to know the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. In verse 2 and 3, he says, Authority is from God. If I have any power, if I have any authority, and this is this is Jesus praying for himself, but in a little while he's going to transfer all this over to us. So if I have any authority, if I if I can uh, uh, speak into someone's life and in, in a counseling session, and something positive comes out of that, I, I I can't tell you how many times I have been in a counseling session and and run into somebody a year later and they'll say, listen. You helped me so much. When you said this to me, it just changed my life. It just it helped me so much. And I say thank you, but I think to myself, I never said that. I mean, I know I didn't say that. I never said that. If there's any authority in what we do, it, it, it comes from God. So uh, the authority comes from God. Eternal life is from Jesus. I, you've given me eternal life. I've given that to them. So I have the authority to give them the eternal life that you've given me, and then all of that comes from knowing God through Jesus. So the authority is from God, the eternal life is from Jesus, but we know God through Jesus. So he goes, ba- I go back to John fourteen, chapter six. Uh, I mean, John fourteen, verse six. Some have that. Okay, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. It's good to see you here. Speaking of good things coming from God, wow, it's good to see you here. Yeah, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The authority comes from God. Eternal life has been given me. I give it to you. But the but what that means is you go back through me, back back to the Father. And this. And this just neat how it just weaves in and out. And this is God before, after, in, up through. This is, it's, it just, it just excites me to see all this connection that's taking place in here. So, uh, verses two and three authority is from God, eternal life is from Jesus, and that comes from knowing God. And then verses four and five I brought glory to you. Let me read it here. Verse four and five I brought glory to you here on earth. By completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Okay, here's the real exciting part. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. What does that mean? What is that about? I I brought glory to you here on earth. So that's different from the glory you already had in, in heaven. But I made it I, I made it happen here on earth. And the way I made it happen is by finishing something. So apparently something had already started. And now I'm finishing that. And the fact that I'm finishing that is what brings you glory. This is like a, this, it's like a really neat, it's like one of those escape rooms. It's like this really neat puzzle that we're trying to figure out how, all, all of that. Let me give you some verses. Uh, John one, verses one through three. Someone read that. John one. All right, great. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except. through Isn't that good? In the beginning was the word. Who's the word? The word's Jesus. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He created all there was in the beginning and nothing was created without him. So, one of the things it says, he was here before the world began. This is the cosmic Christ. Uh, Someone said, well, Richard Rohr said, I like Richard Rohr. He's a heretic, but I like Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr says all the time that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is, he was Christ before he was Jesus. He is the cosmic Christ, ever present with the Father, coexistent before time began, not created, always was, uh, begotten, not made, always was, and outside of time, stepped into time, involved in creation, and will be there at the at the end of time. In the beginning was the Word. He was there before time began. The work that he was called to do started before the world started. John 19, but it's finished now. So I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure what happened, but but something started, and then now it's finished, and that gives God glory. John 19, verse 30. That's a short one. Somebody got it? Okay, great, Pastor Gary. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, "It is finished." When the said it came up with Wow. Do you hear that? Something started before time began. And now Jesus says, "Whatever that thing is that started on the cross, I finished it. I completed the work." that you sent me to do and it is finished. He, here's the deal. Here's what I make up about that. Uh, so what so what's finished? Oh sorry, let's take it one more step. So so what's what's finished uh, this this glory that that God started even before the world began and now it's finished on the cross and it brings glory to the father brings, so so what is that? What Let me give you another verse of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Did I say that one? 2 Corinthians 3.18. Great. Yes, ma'am. What? (laughs) What? We shall behold... With uncovered faces, the glory of the Lord. And being transformed, one translation reads, from glory to glory, being changed. I'm the glory. I'm I'm what was finished. Before the world began, God said, I'm going to do something in Pastor John's life. I'm gonna do something in Leah's life. And it's gonna get rough. And it's gonna cost me my son. But I'm gonna send my son to finish the do you think do you think that God was surprised in the garden when Adam and Eve Man, I didn't see that coming. I had no idea. Now what are we gonna do? He called a quick board meeting. What are we gonna do now? I don't this is not the plan. I don't know what we're gonna do. From the very beginning, when the word was there, God says, this is what we're going to do. And, and my glory is going to come from those men and women who triumph through this and turn to the cross. And it'll finally be finished when, when my son hangs on the... It's, I've finished the work you've sent me to do. And I'm the work. I, I'm the. All of this story is about me. It is all about me. It's about you that we are we are here as the completion of what God started before time ever began. And Jesus in this last prayer says, I did what you told me to do. I provided a way for them to be your your glory. Isn't that, isn't that neat? Isn't that exciting? Um, if I were a person that said amen, I'd say amen at that point. That's just a good place to do that. Jesus is the cosmic Christ. He always was. Oh, sorry, I just touched something there. Jesus is the cosmic Christ. He always was and always will be. God knew before the beginning of time that the creation of man would cost him his son. And he has come, and we, as we come to know him, are being transformed from glory to glory into his image to complete the glory that he started before we took our very first breath. And the psalmist in the 139th psalm says, All your days were ordered by me before you took your very first breath. When Jesus, I just want you to see this. I just want you to see this. When Jesus is in that upper room praying with his disciples, he is praying at that moment, Mike Courtney's going to be okay. You know, he's going to, he is going to, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> he is, oh, wow. We, it's a, this is going to be a hard one. This is going to be a hard one, but he's going to be okay because I have finished the work. Wow. Wow. And, and not, I mean, I did, it's, it's not just like this little, 67 years. It's not just that. It's not that. From the beginning of time. I've been working on Mike Courtney for for 5,000 years. And Doris says, and it's not enough, Lord. Keep working. Keep working. For 5,000, I've been working on it. And he's been working. We were there at the very beginning in this prayer. The work that you gave me to do. And you are the work. The work that you gave me to do. I, it was there at the beginning. And you're going to get glory because it is finished <laughs> this? wow that's, i like this now well, so really really fast oh we're doing great really really fast um we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a little more next week we'll pick so that's jesus prayer for himself we'll we'll pick up here and start talking about his prayer for the disciples but let me just say kind of very very quickly um in verse uh, six, he says they're chosen by God, uh, vetted by the Son, and instructed by Jesus. In verse nine, he says, uh, "Pray pray for them. I'm praying for them and not for the world." So we so so we have a, a really special place. Verse ten, uh, bring uh, they'll bring me glory. Verse eleven, uh, they're going to stay in the world, but but protect them. Verse 13, they're staying in the world, but they're going to be filled with joy. Verse 14, they're going to stay in the world, but they're going to be hated. I wanted to say, hey, let's just stop after the joy part, Jesus. I don't want to do that part. They're going to be hated. Verse 15, they're going to stay in the world, but they're going to be safe. Verse 16, they're going to stay in the world, but they're not of the world. And then we're getting back down to verse 17 again. So let's kind of let's kind of wrap it up with this. Um, and we'll pick up next week. We'll go back to about verse 6, and we'll start working our way down through. But Verses 15 through 17 are, again, it's, it's marching orders. This is not this mamby pamby, weak little, oh God, somehow help them. I don't know how they're going to make it. It's going to be awful. And I don't, and I don't know how they're going to, he says, he says, I've kept every one of them except the one, the son of perdition that from the very beginning we knew that was going to happen. I've kept every one of them and I'm going to keep the rest of them. We're, listen. We're going to war. We're in battle. We're going to, we got a good team here. We can make it, you know. Come on, offense. Come on, defense. We can do it. Come on, Mike. Give me the bra, raw. We can do Newt Rockne. We can do this. He, this is that kind of prayer. And he says, don't take them out of the world. Really, Jesus? <laughs> Come on. I'd kind of like to go with you. Really? Really? No. They got an assignment. You got a job to do. Don't, don't take them out of the world. Jesus, here's what I want to do. I want to get my little family worship center family together on Sunday. Just love each other. Close the doors. Tell the rest of the world, just go jump in a lake. We're just going to love each other and we're going to stay here. And she said, no, listen, you're supposed to be in the world. You're supposed to be out there where they're cussing and smoking and spitting on the streets. You're supposed to be out there. To, this, you're not to leave. You're, don't take them out of the world. We're supposed to be there. I'm in the midst of, I'm playing tennis with guys that are just, man, they're just awful, it's just terrible. And I think God, I don't want to be, because this is right where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be there. Don't take them out of the world. But keep them safe from the evil one. That stuff's not going to rub off on me. I'm going to rub off on them. They've, I'm protected. I'm protected. Protect them from the evil one. Keep them safe. Hey, we're going to make it, team. We're going to be Okay. We're going to be all right because you're going to be protected. He's, he's, I, I, I maybe it's just me, but I've always seen this prayer. These disciples, oh, we I'm scared to death. I, don't I think at this point, they're getting fired up. I mean, in just a few minutes, Peter's going to pull out a sword and cut somebody's ear off. They're fired up. This is, man, we're going to do this. This is good. Let's go. Let's go. They're fired up. Um, they do not belong to the world. They, the world doesn't own them. The world doesn't control. I'm not getting into all this. But let me just say, I don't know about this COVID stuff. I don't know about. I don't know about that. We don't belong to that. That is not our realm. You know. Now we need to be involved. We need to be good citizens. But that we don't belong to that. We don't belong in the world. We stay in the world, but we're not of the world, and we're kept and we're protected, safe. They do not belong to the world. We are assigned. We are protected. And we are separated. And then he says, this is good. This is good. And then he says, verse 17, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation, it says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. We're going to make it. How are we gonna make it? Let me show you something. This is this is this is so cool. Oh, sorry. Hagiasmos. Hagiasmos. Make them holy. They're gonna they're gonna make it because of Hagiasmos. You're gonna make them holy. Have you heard that word before? Pater Hagios. They are going to be like you. You're going to pour your holiness into them. And in that, they're going to be overcome. They're going to be safe. They're going to to come out of this thing on top. They're going to triumph. Hagiosmos. We're going to make it. Not just going to make it, we're going to triumph. Why? Because I'm awesome. Because I'm great, because I'm the best 10-year-old basketball player in all of Rutherford County. No, because hagiosmos, because the holiness of God he has imparted to me through Jesus, because I know Jesus, and now I know the holiness of God, and I have become like him. and And I, we win, we come out on, we win. This is marching orders uh my daughter in law I sent that text out. I think it was Monday I sent that text out my daughter in law said oh that 's so exciting, and it scares me to death. What do we have to do now <laughs> i said i don 't know i don 't know, but I do believe that at this point in my life, God has saying to me is saying to me, You are not a rear guard- you know protecting what you got' You, you're infantry. You're you're going to war, and you need to buckle up and 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 suck and get out there. I mean, you we we are at least for the last year or two, no, a year and a half. At least for the whole COVID thing, I I've kind of just hunkered down and 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 pulled the lid over and said, I hope the devil doesn't see me, and I don't want to see him, and you know, just we're going to be okay. And then God said, No, listen, I'm. I, Okay, I won't preach the sermon because I'm preaching it right now. But I I am scared to death for my grandchildren. I'm not worried about me. I'm not even worried about my kids. I'm scared to death for my grandchildren. And so how, how am I going to take care of them? By just hunkering down, building a little hut that we all... No! I'm going to take... By charging... By charging hell. By pulling this... I'm going to cut some people's ears off by going out there and saying, we're at war here and we're on the winning team because we have hoggy osmos on our side. And that... Isn't that good? Isn't that exciting? And that's all in that little prayer. And the neat part is we haven't even been invited in yet. I mean, we haven't even got to the really good part where all of a sudden he turns away from his disciples and looks us in the eyes and said, oh, by the way, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. This is this is for you. Wow. Jesus is most powerful when he prays, when he prays. Well turn to your neighbor and say Haggy Moss <laughs> or hagendas either one I don't know just say either, either one uh, while we are at war, there are compatriot partner soldiers walking alongside us that are that are feeling the wounds that that they are that they, and and part of going to war is is linking arms with them and saying, hey, "Let me pray for you. Let me love you. I mean, we're gonna. I'm, we're we're not doing this alone. We're taking you with." I, was it some military? I, I'm a terrible military person, but some military branch said, "We leave nobody behind. We're, we we don't leave anybody. We're we're like that. We don't leave anybody behind. We're praying with them." And so, I know as in my limited exposure to our family, I know that there are some great needs right now and some great hurts and wounds but even in that we got we got Hagiosmos. we got the holiness of god to speak to our to our eyes randy to speak to our children to to speak to those marriages that are holding on by a thread we god says we're going we're, we're for each other we're going we're going to get through we're making to make it we're going to make it so i have no idea what i just said but i sure said it fast didn't i uh, so let me pray that was supposed to be just to, so let me pray Lord, wow, we're excited that we are soldiers with the Most High King in a a war that you've already won, but a war nonetheless, and in a battle that you prepared for us 10,000 years ago, and you knew that you would finish the task so we would come out victorious and you would be glorified in that, and we are so grateful for that tonight. But we have brothers and sisters that have been wounded in the battle and we pray for them. I pray for marriages that they would be re-strengthened. I pray for finances, for people that are, that are holding on by a thread and they're allowing that to distract them from the battle. I pray that in the name of Jesus that you would, that you would bless them in material ways and make the, make the check go further than the weak and, and, and meet their needs. I pray for for children that we are frightened for and and we see them moving in the wrong direction i pray that you would wrap your arms of love and care around them and draw them back into the father's house i pray for those physical ailments and ills for for brain tumors and and macular degeneration and and for cancer and and for of even the fear of COVID. I pray that in those things that you would remind us that we are more than conquerors and, and you have already won those battles for us. So help us to buckle up and go back to war. Help us to, to fight the battle, to take the battle to the enemy instead of hunkering down and, and, and allowing them to come to us. Thank you, Lord, for praying for us 2,000 years ago for praying for us and including us in this great high priestly prayer. We love you. We praise you. And our commitment is to follow you. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. See you Sunday.